Welcome, everybody, to the NPC's Weekly News Roundup. For the week of September 16th, 2023, here is what's making headlines. Developers unite against Unity's new pricing model. F-Zero, Paper Mario, and more in a new Nintendo Direct. Apple event shows off AAA titles coming to iPhone. And Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Spider-Man 2, and more in a new PlayStation State of Play. My name is Travis Sherman, and as always for the NPC's weekly news roundup, I am joined by none other than Kyle Inman. Kyle, hello. What's up? As we were talking, of course, before recording here, having fun with Starfield, I real, I just, I, I gotta say, I need you to start playing that game. I want to make that clear here for the audience <laughs> that Kyle has not started playing Starfield. I am only like just over six hours in, and I need Kyle to also start so that way we can have better discussions about the different things going on in that game, especially with uh, like the different classes, the different skills, the the different alignments on things. I want to find out how he's going to end up playing and see if it's going to be anything close to what I've been doing so far, but he needs to play it. I know. I know. But in all likelihood, it'll be probably a little bit more insane in comparison. Cause I, I usually try and do something wacky and then halfway through change what I'm doing to like, try and play it straight. But then I've already screwed things up too far. So, <laughs> That is the bigger problem I'm noticing, especially, is that it's very easy, just like any other Bethesda title, to skew the wrong direction really quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I'm also the, the one to uh, make two or three people so I can try and, like, weed out the profile that I that I don't want to play as. So usually about a quarter way through, I'll play them like simultaneously. Uh, it kind of sucks playing two characters at the same time, but it does get you a little bit of the secondary aspect of what may happen. Um, but then usually I'll, I'll almost always swap to the guy that I'm playing like the way the game is supposed to be played, not like an ignorant ass, I guess. <laughs> That's been sort of my thing is that I've been, I've tried to be as, tactical as i can but i unfortunately hit that weird spot sometimes where i forget that i'm mm -hmm. trying to play like that and i end up running and gunning in or throwing grenades and not being you know the tactical level that i want to be at like for one mission i was in uh there were uh turrets around right and there were robots around too and you can actually go up to those control panels for those turrets and robots you know like in bethesda fashion you could do the same in like the fallout games for example mm -hmm. and you could have taken those over and changed them to be friendly towards you but hostile towards everything else well i didn't do that i didn't find it until it was too late so here i am having taken all these guys down everything's nice and quiet and it's like oh cool i wonder if this control panel here like or this this computer terminal has any stories or anything you know just little side things whatever mm -hmm. and it's like oh turn turrets off or turn turrets to be like in friendly mode or whatever, you know, it was like, Oh, that would have been helpful. But right? of course my, my mentality was like, I'm just going to go. So <laughs> whatever, such is life, but you, you got to play it, Kyle, just get on it. Tell, tell the lady to just that. She's got to sit back for a while. You got to do your thing here with that game. And well, then... to be fair, I, I haven't been neglecting games entirely. I did pick up, uh, Gunbrella, 
and I've, I'm probably 45 minutes into that one. It, yeah, of course, a Devolver game. Uh, side-scroller um, almost has like a, I don't know, almost, almost like a cross between Shovel Knight and uh, Castlevania, more more towards Shovel Knight feel. Uh, but the the way the movement is because of the whole fact that your shotgun slash gun is an umbrella as well and you can use it to reflect bullets and uh, move around quite quickly in the the maps it 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 makes for uh, I guess a unique gaming aspect and the story's just way bizarre hmm okay yeah I guess it's pretty short but I I think I picked it up off of fanatical uh, with one of their sales for like 12 bucks so Hmm. Yeah, kind of interesting. Might have to go and look at that one. Yeah, if you're in, if you're still into the 16-bit games, definitely worth it. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I will have to go check that one out now. That might actually be a good just just killing time sort of game or something. Oh yeah, no, it it's a ton of fun, and like moving be- between the areas, you'll have these like basically couches in the middle of nowhere that you rest on you replenish your health which you only have i think three or four hearts uh to start out with and one one hit against you is a heart so um it it can be punishing but i mean only if you're really not paying attention um there there's plenty of time to dodge and everything uh but it's it's fun fun platformer very nice. All right, I'll add it to my list after I get through uh, Starfield and, of course, Broforce and Firewatch and oh dear, every other game I've neglected in my Steam library over oh the last uh, you know ten years or Don't so. Don't remind me. I know, I know. We're all there together, but yeah. of course, where we're all at right now is on to the first story for the news this week, and I think we can all say, "Damn you, Unity!" So. Mm-hmm. It was announced this week that starting January 2024, Unity, uh, developer of probably one of the more prolific game engines out there, like alongside uh, Epic's Unreal Engine, uh, has introduced that they are going to be uh, updating their pricing structure uh, to charge developers. This is from The Verge. This is how they put it. It says to charge developers for each installation of a Unity game after specific download and revenue thresholds are met. Though Unity asserts that only 10% of its users will be affected, it is still unclear how Unity intends to track installs and how it intends to differentiate a valid install from an invalid one. So they released their pricing structure, and based on the information that's come out so far, and we've seen this, okay, so like pricing models and such are not that weird when it comes to like engines uh epic with the unreal engine has the exact same thing is that you can create games in unreal engine 5 and uh release those and a a certain cut will be uh required to epic after hitting a certain threshold okay but it doesn't sound like theirs is actually that awful and it sounds like if you release your games you decide you know to kind of lock yourself into something like Epic Game Store, they'll rescind that percentage, I guess, that they'll take, or a certain percentage of that that they'll take, which means you end up netting more in your pocket as a developer. But regardless, um, Unity is actually upping this to the point where a lot of indie developers who rely on Unity, and it's quite a few, are looking to stop development or looking to shift development to a different gaming engine. 
especially because a lot of these teams have put so much work into Unity, but cannot afford the actual amounts on these cuts that Unity is asking for if this price structure goes through. Mm -hmm. And it, it's been chaos in the gaming world for this. I mean, developers have been up in arms. I know that there's been clarification from Unity that hasn't really settled anything. And I know that uh, recently, too, that mobile developers have actually shut off the uh, Unity ad uh, application, like the sub application built into some of their apps, where those are like the Unity apps uh, or Unity ads, excuse me, are usually the ones where you can interact, like, say, with a game or something like through their advertisement or what have you, like where you like you see like the Candy Crush style, style you know, like sliding tiles around and such. Those are the ads where you can play those games. All of those now in protest are being shut off in titles, so that way it's less revenue going to Unity right now as a form of protest. But I'm not a developer. Kyle, I know you're not a game developer either, but as a consumer, this is obviously bad news because it just means that the developers that we like, indie devs, like you, mm -hmm. you like your indie devs, are going to suffer at the hands of these these fees that Unity's putting out. Oh, definitely. Um, and it, it's funny, you know, because I'm already seeing games on Steam that are, it, it's almost like they're they're getting ready to delist de them or something because they'll be full prices as regular listings. But then you can buy bundles um, of games for, you know, you get four of them or five of them for like $6 and it's 50%, 80% off, whatever. Um, specifically like uh, Kyrosoft. Um, and they have game. It's the uh, Kyrosoft games are made in Unity bundles, and it, literally, I think probably ninety nine percent, if not all of their games, are made in Unity. It, it's a real easy to code in engine, from what I understand. Um, there's a lot of developers that are familiar with it, and there's there's a lot of developers that have mastered it at this point, and it it's kind of sad that. You know they're they're going to have to turn around and turn their back on Unity to try and port their code over to a different engine, um, or find ways to to port their code over to a di different engine, just because some of these indie developers won't survive the the twenty cent fee per install. See, and it's just that's just a ridiculous amount. Yeah. I mean, like like you 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 mentioned um, Kairosoft there. But I want to make mention of one game in particular that actually uses Unity, mm -hmm. and it is by far one of the most popular games out there being played right now. Can can you think of which one it is? I think I have uh, it in mind. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. Okay, it is a mobile title, but it has a PC component as well too, and it's it's cross compatible. So you play on PC, your your account will also sync with the mobile version and vice versa. It, it's played worldwide. It's got um, millions of players. Can can you make any guesses here so far? Oh yeah, yeah, it's the exact one I thought it was. Uh, you, you're talking about Genshin Impact. That's absolutely right. So Genshin Impact, as well as um, uh, what is it, Honkai Star Rail? Yep, is also impacted by this because that's quite a bit now granted granted that game those games being free to play still make a ton of money 
I mean, they are by far like raking in the money for free to play games. Oh you know, yeah, premium e- titles, I guess. But even with just even costumes so. and character skins and whatnot, but <laughs> that, that yeah, that's the caveat is, is the fact that they're still going to be having to pay a p- uh, a fee per device per user. Um, you know, and who's to say that a user may not? Ha- they may have one device that they play it on, or you know, they could be a power user and they could you know, be playing Genshin Impact on a tablet, on both of their phones, on their computer, and on the, their computer in another place, or maybe even, you know, two separate laptops. Just because they want to be able to access, you know, the one or a couple characters that they have anywhere. Yeah, and instead of it being a cut, like, that that's where it gets to be interesting, is that if you install the game, like, it doesn't matter if you purchase the game and it's sitting in your library, but if you install that game on, say, your gaming pc and then you like to be on the go and you installed on your gaming laptop or your steam deck that counts as two installs mm-hmm. right there that, that that counts towards it and then that gets tracked by unity on what money is exactly owed it, it's yeah it, it's that's way more problems than it should ever be for anything like this and another fun fact too kyle is that i know we talked about genshin impact there mm-hmm. and honkai star rail but one interesting thing that was called out about this from Unity or about Unity's decision to make this change too was about one other big player in the technology market right now that's getting ready to put out a very, uh, how should I say, very anticipated VR AR headset that costs quite a bit of money, but it sounds like there's a lot underneath that relies on Unity. And what I'm talking about is the Apple Vision Pro. That is mm-hmm. Apple's upcoming headset apparently has quite a bit of Unity technology underneath, outside, of course, of what they're building internally for the OS on it. But there's enough stuff going on there that it may require a 180 for Apple to figure out what they need to do to you know, address this. Like, I don't want it to be a situation where Apple is reaching out to Unity and making some sort of weird, like, deal or something. Like, oh, yeah, we're, we're making this commitment here with, with Unity to, to slash it so it doesn't cost as much here. It's like, that's, that's great. But also the Vision Pro is going to cost, like, $3,500, and not gonna everybody's going to get it. That, that was going to be my next point is actually, yeah, the, the headset is going to be so expensive that it, it's really going to be tailored to your Apple power user that, that wants to experience the newest gadget or, you know, experience, you know, true Apple VR gaming or, you know, VR everything, I guess, you know, I'm sure Apple has many things planned for, for their VR AR headset in the future, but I mean, once Valve announces their their Project Deckard, that that's going to be a more affordable, consumer friendly headset. But who's to say that you know it won't necessarily be affected by it? I mean, it, it's going to be running off of Linux, of course. But there there might be games that you know are programmed on Unity that you're going to be wanting to buy for your headset that you wouldn't have bought before or maybe you already own a copy of that you wanted to play on the headset because you have to buy two separate copies since there are some games on on Steam that don't allow you to have, you know, just the the 2D and 3D ver- or the the I guess the uh the PC version and the uh VR headset version 
uh, together. Um, rather, you have to buy both of them separate or buy an expansion for the uh, other one. So technically, yeah. it still counts as a secondary install or, you know, because Dude, you're, no kidding. you're buying another purchase and you're just upgrading your, your thing. So it they're reading that er- initial install and then they're reading an install of the, the full file. So where, yeah. where does it go to there? It 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 just seems really scummy of unity to be or, or of uh of uh i guess the, yeah of unity to be doing this so yeah and here here's where a very good point comes up about what you just said about the scumminess of this and i'm going to read this off this is from a, another verge article talking about this as well and this is a quote that they have from uh Gary Newman, the founder of Rust developer Facepunch Studios, or you know him, of course, as the creator of Gary's Mod. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what he says is, let me be clear, the cost isn't a big issue to us. If everything worked out, the tracking was flawless, and it was 10p per sale, so 10 pence per sale, no biggie really. If that's what it costs, then that's what it costs. But that's not why we're furious. It hurts because we didn't agree to this. We use the engine because you pay up front and then ship your product. We weren't told this was going to happen. We weren't warned. We weren't consulted. We have spent 10 years making rust on Unity's engine. We've paid them every year. And now they change the rules. So yeah. one, of the things, one of the things, though, that Unity clarified on, at least, and it seems to have disappeared from their terms of service, but a lot of people are still going back to previous... Uh, terms of service that at least call this out because they made the change in their GitHub um, is that if you develop your game on a certain version of Unity, you are bound by the terms of service that the that that Unity engine came with. So if they decide to release a, a brand new major release of Unity at the beginning of the year that goes along with that terms of service, then that just means that people won't be developing on that newer version. It means that people will still stick with the older versions where things will, I assume, continue to work, but they may lose feature sets and such. However, that would bind them by those terms of service and they shouldn't necessarily be affected by this. However, because of changes in the tech tech, tech world, I mean, everything is going so fast and still is, there's probably going to be deprecation on the older Unity engines that are going to cause gamers and developers alike to basically be forced to have to switch over to use anything that uses the new Unity engine, mm-hmm. like different things there. There might be different underlying things that require stuff that isn't supported, you know, um, and it's it, they're going to just have to make that change. And it's a sad thing that they're going to end up being forced into that corner that says, do we give up development on something we've put all this effort into and have put all of these uh, resources into to learn and grow on for all these years? Or do we, you know, do we give up on that? Or do we potentially have to close shop because we can't afford to pay Unity what they're asking us to do? Right. When we could before. So, yeah, it's it's a really big thing. And right now, um, like I was saying there, is that um, the biggest thing is that there's a larger letter going around that's been signed off on by a bunch of companies right now. I believe 19. the collection... 19, thank you. Yeah, yeah as a collection of, the, of uh, the developers across 19 companies. Yeah, and yeah. so they uh, have signed off on their... Um, 
basically saying that we're not going to tolerate this. And they're the ones who are basically making it so, or at least saying it's like for us to protest, not only are we sending this, but this is where we're going to shut off the unity ads in our, um, in our environment. So that way you're not getting any cut of revenue. I'm sure that these these developers are going to have different methods of being able to get it without requiring the Unity side, whether it's making a tweak to include the banner stuff or to include those in some other way so they can still get that revenue in for those free-to-play games. Um, but they're going to find a way to cut it off so that way Unity at least feels some of the sting. And I guarantee for a lot of games right now that are out there on mobile that use those ads, it's going to be a lot. And I think they're going to start feeling that sting pretty quick. Oh, yeah. So in the meantime, that's the information we have. Um, hopefully we actually get a better response from, uh, from Unity at some point in time, like settling this and at least explaining more on things here instead of just clarifying that, oh, only 10% of, of, of developers are going to be affected by this. No, there's got to be more to this because developers are upset, uh, gamers are upset, and the entire industry outside of this realizes that what you're doing is dumb. So Unity needs to get on it and make make some clarifications, make some adjustments, and and get things on track. Or there's going to be a massive upheaval, and every game's going to start getting released in Unreal. Agreed. And maybe that that's not the the worst thing to happen. Maybe they need to see this major shift happen for Unity Unity to get their get their crap together essentially and and say you know this this was a bad business decision and and the companies do pay us up front for the use of and the license of our engine so why should we punish them in the first place you know by blindsiding them with fees out of nowhere 10 years into development of you know or you know a, a company even just using the uh engine so i don't know it it's a wait-and-see process, definitely, on this one. But I, I think um, if Unity continues it, um, we will see them potentially spiraling the drain with companies leaving. Yeah, especially if they get their big heavy hitters leaving. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, like, what is it? Uh, Pocoyo, I think, is the developer for uh, for Genshin Impact. I think if they pick up and go, that's going to be a big, big loss for them. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. But let's take that bit of sour news and carry over into some fun and happy news. And that would be with the Nintendo Direct that happened this week over on the 14th. Yeah, so we had a Direct that showed off a whole bunch of things we already knew about and a bunch of things that we didn't know about. So what we've got here is an article from Polygon that's more of a compilation, a, a TLDR on the different things that were announced at the Nintendo Direct on the 14th. And there were a lot of good things that were shown off, things we had already known about, uh, some things that were announced uh, brand new, as well as, I guess, kind of closing the the book, closing the chapter on some things as well, too. And I'll get into that as we go on. Um, so just note that what we're going to be talking about here is not in the order of what was shown at the Nintendo Direct. Everything here is... Uh, kind of mixed up, but needless to say, what we'll be talking about here has been shown there. We might be jumping around to some of these things. Uh, so let's just kick it off with the first thing, at least, that was announced. And the uh, or, or one of the things announced there was actually at the very end, uh, 
was Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. This was a this was released originally on the GameCube and is now being released again on the Nintendo Switch this next year. Uh, they have not provided an actual date for it other than 2024, but it's going to, of course, be getting the nice spit shine and polish that any uh, remaster normally gets when you see it show up um, on any console, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, this Paper Mario game looks great. Obviously, of course, if you're a fan of Paper Mario, this is a this is a no brainer. Um, I didn't own a GameCube as a kid, so I I'll admit I was kind of behind the times on Paper Mario stuff. But it definitely looks for like anything else I've seen with Paper Mario. It looks like it's a fun time. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. If I recall, I started Paper Mario in the Thousand Year Door. Uh. It was a it was pretty good, um, just like most Paper Mario games. I, I feel like the story was a little bit better driven than the more, most recent one. Hmm. Okay. So, well, that's. I don't know. Um, it, it's nice to see it come up to the the new console, uh, for sure. But it 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 was one of those things that when I saw it, it it started piquing my questions, and it just kept happening with the announcements. So, um, I mean, even even with the second announcement, um, well, I, I think it was actually uh, the next one that is on the list was at the end of the show, wasn't it? No, this was actually towards like the very beginning. I think this was like oh, the was second thing. The first thing they talked about in here was uh, in the direct was Splatoon. Oh, and okay. what that is is for Splatoon 3, they've got an expansion pass coming out. I'll mention this, then we'll go back. Um, but it's brand new DLC and it's going to have a brand new story. As players ascend the spire of order in an endlessly replayable experience, and of course, it's going to drop spring of next year. Right. But what they announced here is actually Mario versus Donkey Kong. This game originally existed, Mario versus Donkey Kong, as a Game Boy game, not Game Boy Color, not Game Boy Advance, none of that. This was Game Boy, and so of course, it's going to have. Obviously, it's not going to be the Game Boy title just literally thrown onto the Switch. It's not that. This is a whole brand new release, and this game is one where your objective is to, uh, or Donkey Kong here is the enemy, and he steals a bunch of Mario toys from this Mario factory. It's a, it, it threw me off a little bit, on, uh, but what it does or what happens here is that as he runs away. Your objective, of course, is to go through these different platformer levels to go and locate, uh, or arcade-style levels is a better way to put it, to go and find different uh, keys to unlock like towards the next stages and such, and also to find those toys as well. Um, and so you've got like different switches you'll hit to open and close like different parts of a of a of an area. Um, you'll have like. Uh, different little puzzle features that might say you unlock this set of blocks here and uh, what they showed in the trailer was a monkey that fell down and its tail you could actually grab onto and actually use as a rope to get across to get to this key. Um, and then, of course, there are other little challenges that go in there. But the way that the game is framed is that it feels more like you're actually playing like an arcade game. That That's the way most of this actually looks. But, of course, you're, you're playing it on the Switch. Um, and that is going to be dropping... Uh, next February, February 16th. It does have co-op as well, but it is local co-op, so you can actually play with two people, and it looks like as you play with two people, the challenges on each of the levels do go up, though, so that way it doesn't seem like you're just playing like the, the single-player version. You are playing, you know, it, it, 
with that added difficulty of having multiple people. Mm-hmm. So a big one there. Uh, of course, new trailer for Super Mario RPG. Kyle, that was a big one. Um, not only did it just show off really a lot of what you'd expect for Super Mario RPG, uh, but there was um, updated action commands that were shown off too, uh, which they call uh, or have added in uh, triple moves. And um, in tandem with that, of course, they uh, just showed off a lot of the neatness at, that comes with a remake remaster of this very classic title. Cool part is that it only comes out in about two months, like literally from uh, the day of this episode releasing the 17th, this will be two months away. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I've already got it pre-ordered uh, through Amazon. So <laughs> I'm so ready for that one. <laughs> oh, fun. Uh, a title here. This next one is called another code recollection. Uh, this game actually is a combination of, um, it's going to be in a two pack here as this title, but apparently it was a DS game and a Wii game that were released in Japan that never came over here to the States. Uh, the original titles for the one for DS was called trace memory and the Wii title was actually a sequel to it called another code R a journey into lost memories. And apparently it is going to be some sort of like mystery, uh, puzzle game. You're going around exploring this this area, and you're working to, I guess, solve this this mystery here on this what appears to be an island of some type. So, it seems to be a pretty popular one in Japan that they're now localizing it for the United States in this two pack form, and it's going to be dropping January nineteenth. Okay. So. Yeah. And then, so, of course, once again, another one that started raising questions for me. <laughs> as always, as always, but. Another thing, though, of course, is that we got that tease several months ago that Peach was getting her own standalone title, that Princess Peach was going to be doing her own thing. And now we officially have a a name and a release date. That name is Princess Peach Showtime. And this game will drop March 22nd of next year. Uh, so Princess Peach Showtime, uh, this takes place in... Um, what's known as the sparkle theater where apparently peach went to go see some sort of stage play, something like that. And the main enemy in this game is, uh, their name is grape and the, her group that goes with her is the sour bunch. So grape and the sour bunch. I know very clever, of course, for Nintendo. Um, they take over the sparkle theater and it makes princess peach and the guardian of the theater, whose name is Stella, uh, work together to save the day. And so what will happen is that it uses uh, Stella almost in the form of Cappy, like it was for Mario in Super Mario Odyssey, where Mario could go and throw the cap and take over uh, di- like enemies and other characters that were around to become them. Uh, this almost takes a similar form where uh, Stella is actually a ribbon that can transform Peach into these different costume sets. Uh, so like the one they show there, like you can actually see in the image from the trailer is sword fighter peach. And of course that gives her the ability to be able to slash down these, these vines that are on the walls and such, and allows her to continue on. There's like a detective one too, that lets her, uh, seek out like different things that will help progress through the level. Um, sort of the vibe I get from it, like outside of the costume changing stuff in that is because it takes place on a, a stage, um, like and has that style to it. Do you remember how Super Mario Brothers two, 
looked like it took place on an actual like stage like the uh mm-hmm. like you were playing like more like on a theater stage because when you'd get to the end and you'd hit the box where the actual um the power-ups were at it looked like you were going off stage and hitting that this has some of that vibe to it right but of course in that two and a half d uh experience yeah, so. I don't know. I think it looks kind of fun, actually. Um, and, of course, the Princess Peach on the DS was a lot of fun. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't see this one being bad at all. It It's definitely different, um, especially for, you know, what you would expect out of a Peach game. But um, really cool idea with the fact that they're trying to do the, the Cappy thing with, with a ribbon, you know. Yeah, it, they don't really explain it because her like her crown disappears for some reason. Peach's crown just goes mm-hmm. away, and then um, Stella follows Peach along by like tying her hair back. So she's got like the single ponytail, so she's always there. But then when it comes time to do the transform, it's almost like a Sailor Moon style thing where the ribbon like comes off, and then like Peach's existing like dress glows, and then will change. Yeah. So it's got totally a Sailor Moon type of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So be looking for that on March 22nd. Uh, We got more info, of course, on Detective Pikachu. Of course, that's coming out in a few weeks, October 6th. Um, They're looking for answers to a jewel heist. What happened to uh, Tim Goodman, who is the human uh, and uh, protagonist in this game? And then, of course, uh, strange Pokemon. uh, Yeah, Tim's dad and strange Pokemon related incidents throughout Rhyme City. So if you were a fan of the first Detective Pikachu, I think you're going to be just right at home with this one. Uh, yeah. next next one of course I know big fans of Luigi's Mansion I think you were a big fan of it Kyle oh yeah uh, but Dark Moon the 3DS version of Luigi's Mansion is going to be coming over to the Switch as Luigi Man- Luigi's Mansion 2 HD and it will be dropping this next summer with co-op play for up to four players that'll be kind of cool Um, be a little hectic Uh, I only played the multiplayer i think twice on the switch and i i personally wasn't a fan of it but eh, it could be could be unique especially in the, could be. the 2d aspect ratio it could be a little chaotic yeah it very well could be but i think that you know they nintendo's handled getting this stuff sorted out pretty well when they're moving stuff from you know oh, older yeah. consoles or like the handhelds for example over to switch i think they've done a pretty good job balancing that mm-hmm. um Surprise drop, of course, was F Zero ninety nine. So it's not necessarily a like brand brand new like F Zero entry. This follows in line with like Mario um, Mario. Uh, was it was it called Mario ninety nine? Yeah, Mario. Or was it Mario one hundred? Uh, and then of course there was uh, Tetris ninety nine. Yeah, Tetris ninety nine. Yeah, this follows in the same line. So F Zero is coming back, and it's going to be a battle royale form uh, similar to the uh, other ninety nine games we've seen where you'll be racing against 99 or you and 98 others for a total of 99 will be racing on hover tracks to reach the finish line. And it's, you know, just in that fashion. But if you've been pining for anything new, that's F zero related, you have something and it did drop the same day as the direct. So it's been available since the 14th. So there you go. Yeah. Really cool. I, I don't know the, uh, the 99 games have been a ton of fun, so I can only imagine this one's going to be quite a blast, especially since it's F-Zero just with, like, 100 people. Well, almost oh, yeah. 100 I, people. But Oh, I think so, too. I really do, too. 
Yeah. But, you know, it's it's like, man, I know people have been pining really bad for like a true F-Zero game. So yeah. hopefully this helps to hold them over. But obviously we've seen how long it's taken for Metroid 4 to come out. So right. know, who knows what will happen there. Um, next one, of course, we already knew that we were getting a new WarioWare title, but they did show off even more about this next one, WarioWare Move It. It's going to be dropping, of course, November 3rd. But the things that they showed off were some of the mini games. Um, more specifically, not just some of the mini games, but they also showed off some of the interactions with those mini games too. So a couple of the things that they showed off were, of course, making use of the Joy-Cons. So it's not just going to be you like moving around sticks or hitting buttons or anything like that. You will actively have to use the Joy-Cons to perform certain actions in um, in WarioWare. But not just like even just doing the swinging your arm around to like say throw a lasso like they showed off in the trailer, or mm-hmm. for some reason they had you like at, like Wario was some sort of like duck for some reason you had to lay like a golden egg. It was really weird seeing that because you had to basically get into a squat position by and holding the uh, the Joy Cons. It was really bizarre. Um, but the other thing they did show is that there was one mini game in there that actually relied on the position of your hand. And what it will do is that will use the IR uh, camera at the end of the right Joy-Con to do that. So you'll hold the right Joy-Con in one hand and position your hand into the shape that it's telling you to do. You know, like if you're doing like a peace sign or, you know, your hand's out all five, then it will have you try to do that to match that shape. And I thought that's, that's a neat thing to use with that IR camera for. So, hey, that's a cool one. Uh, but. Of course, I mean, it's WarioWare, so it's going to be goofy in many, many different aspects, and we don't have to wait too long, November 3rd. Um, Next one, of course, this is one of those ones where we're talking about closing a chapter, or even you can even consider this closing the book, is that the final uh, piece of DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is going to be dropping this holiday season, and they are bringing in a bunch of new courses, including Daisy Circuit from Mario Kart Wii, but they also be bringing in four new racers as well, which includes uh, Diddy Kong from uh, which one? Uh, from it's the Double Dash Diddy Kong, uh, Funky Kong from uh, Mario Kart Wii, Paulina is from that Mario Kart. What is it? Mario Kart World or Mario Kart Go? Whichever one the mobile title was. And then I don't know. I can't remember where she's from, but it's Peachette. I can't remember what game, which uh, which Mario Kart she was in. Hmm. But they're adding her, of course, though. But with that, that actually should close the chapter on Mario Kart 8. So that one's finally done. Ah, uh, that'll be a cool one. Uh, especially having Diddy Kong and Funky Kong in there. But they, they've done a really good job supporting that game, considering it's a game that came out on the Wii U, of all things. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah. But it's it's been popular enough. It's still been at the top of the charts for them. And, of course, it's like, and why one of their why best sellers content? consistently? Yeah, yeah. So. absolutely. Um, I'm going to blow through a couple of these here uh, just to save on time, of course. But uh, we got uh, Spy X Anya Operation Memory. So this takes place in the Spy X family world. And it's a life sim game where you'll be able to play as uh, as main character Anya, who's the little girl in Spy X Family. And she'll be working to build a photo diary and live the daily life um, as Anya. So you'll be hanging out with your family and friends, playing mini games and playing dress up. Um, and that's going to be dropping, of course, this next year. So it's a nice little like slice of life portion of like what Spy X Family was. Uh, Saga Emerald Beyond 
It's another uh, entry in the Saga series, and that's, of course, coming from Square Enix, and that's going to be dropping on the Switch in 2024. Uh, We've also got Unicorn Overlord, uh, which this game is coming from Atlas and Vanillaware. So Vanillaware was responsible for 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, and Odin Sphere. Uh, So this is going to be a fantasy tactical adventure that promises overworld exploration and an innovative battle system. And that's going to be dropping next March. So it sounds like it's going to be a fun time for be a fun time for uh, Nintendo fans in March with a few of these games coming out. Um, Of course, we got a reveal of a new Contra game. It's more of a throwback to the original Contra. Um, It's going to be called uh, Contra Contra Operation Gold. Galuga, I think uh, I think that's how yeah. I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, a thorough reimagining of the classic running gun action game, and so of course this was based on the original Nintendo title. But I will say, of course, I get Contra. I get its its quality on some things, but watching this really felt more. I was looking at like a like if they upscaled it or or they rebuilt it as far as like making it look like a PlayStation title. There are some things about it that seem so stiff and stale about it that it just it's. I don't know. It's it's contra though. I mean, I'm sure people will play it. Yeah, like Yeah, it'll. I'm sure it'll have a huge following because of the fact that it's contra. Um, unless it's like the, I'm trying to remember which contra it was that was released on. I think it was PS2 that was just god awful and dang near killed the series. Well, thank God it didn't, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, we've got Trombone Champ coming to the Switch as well. And, of course, if you don't know this one, this is the game where you're supposed to be playing the trombone by, you know, like moving your mouse up and down and uh, playing along to these songs that are in their 50 song list. Uh, But it's going to be coming to the Switch and will not only allow you to play by just using the standard controls, but will also allow you to play with the Joy-Con by moving the Joy-Con up and down. But for some strange reason, going back to the IR camera, you can actually hold the Joy-Con in one hand and move your hand back and forth to increase the actual position of where you're at on um, like where you're supposed to be at on the scale itself in Trombone Champ. So that's out. Um, and it did drop on the 14th as well. So it's out now. So you can go and grab that off of the Switch uh, store if you want to. Um, another big one, of course, here is uh, Tomb Raiders 1, 2, and 3 uh, are coming out in remastered form and will allow you to, of course, play all those original titles, um, pointy square or pointy boobs and all for Lara Croft, or at least mostly. Um, well, it'll that. have a upgraded graphics, but you do have the flashback button, so you can't. That's see why I'm the saying that's boobs. What, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's why I'm saying the pointies. Yeah, but that's gonna be dropping on Valentine's Day this next year, so it'll be really just exactly as what we played when we were kids. You know, playing yeah. um, the different uh, <clears throat> Tomb Raider games. There, excuse me. Um, got new visuals, of course, for the uh, next upcoming Prince of Persia title, Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. That's gonna be coming out in January of this next year, January eighteenth to be exact. And of course, it's a two two D two and a half D. I hate to call it two D because when I think two D, I think I think like flat graphics. I think like mm-hmm. looking at the sixteen bit and like the sixteen bit era when there were those different platformer titles. When I see stuff like this, this is 3D in that sense that like it's got the 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 um, 3D based backgrounds and such too, you know. And the characters themselves are 3D. You are platforming because you are limited right. on a 2D plane, but that's where it's like two and a half D is a better description for this than Nintendo saying 2D. I I get you. No, and I yeah. fully agree. 
Um, next thing we have, of course, or excuse me, last thing we have, and then I'll get into some of those other uh, chapter, that other chapter closing thing I was going to talk about, um, is Horizon Chase 2 from Epic Games. So Horizon Chase 2 is an arcade-style racing game, and for anybody who enjoyed in the old days of the arcade playing things like Cruising Through, like, you know, Cruising USA, for example, this game really harkens back to those. So it's it's going to be, you know, playing against people online. You can, of course, play the career mode to unlock different cars. You can unlock different um, uh, mods for the car as well, too, to make them faster. But the look, the style, the feel... All of that harkens back to those old arcade racing titles. So that's going to be a good one. And that one's also dropped too. So a couple other things that were on here that haven't been, uh, that weren't on this list though, that I wanted to at least make mention of, of course, was talking more about the two Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom Amiibos that are coming out here in the next couple months, which includes Ganondorf as well as Zelda. So those will be coming uh, out, I believe, in November. Yeah, beginning of November, I just got my pre-orders into the today. Thank God. There you go. And then, Kyle, this might be a little sad news for you. Maybe depending on how Amiibo stuff goes anyway going forward. But um, they have announced the last Amiibo for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and it is none other than Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Well, I mean, it's sad that the last one's going to be Sora, but. I I I I don't know. I I'm I guess I'm kind of indifferent to that. I wish some of the Super Smash amiibos would have been more available, especially some of the the like more sought after ones, like the Cloud, the Sephiroth. Um, I I assume Sora is going to be somewhat difficult to get a hold of. Maybe maybe not, but I don't know it. It kind of sig- signifies the end of an era, but I could also see them going back on it too because there, there's there been talks that Sakurai has talked about coming back to put in other characters or something, and it may just be rumor, but, you know, who's to say that he they can't get him back to work on another Smash game uh, for a future console or, you know, a future release of even this one. They can draw it out from the... Uh, the DS even further. <laughs> oh yeah, they probably could. Yeah, they probably could. Uh, but that's all the main stuff, at least out of the Nintendo direct from this week. So let's carry on here into our next story. We've got this one, one more left. Um, the iPhone 15 is going to be getting triple a game titles coming here very soon. So, uh, Nintendo, or not Nintendo, oh my gosh, we were stuck on Nintendo there, I'm still stuck on it, Apple, excuse me. Uh, Apple had their event where they announced the iPhone 15, which includes the iPhone 15, the iPhone 15 Plus, the iPhone 15 Pro, and the iPhone iPhone 15 Pro Max. The Pro and Pro Max, of course, are the, the higher-end versions of their phones. Mm-hmm. And a couple of the things that they really announced were a bit surprising. First one, of course, is that the... Uh, the A17 Pro chipset inside the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max will have ray tracing uh, chipsets built into it. So you'll be able to get native ray tracing built into your iPhone, which that's just crazy Absurd. talk. Absurd, yeah. Yeah. However, a couple of the other things that they announced, though, is that the Resident Evil 4 remake, Resident Evil Village, and Death Stranding 
as well as Assassin's Creed Mirage, are all going to be getting added and become playable on the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max. So it's not like they're coming bundled in where you get the phone, you boot it up. It's like, oh, cool, I can go play Assassin's Creed Mirage. No, it's just that they are going to be games that you'll be able to get for these phones. And it's like, it's weird to think, Kyle, at least talking about this, that we are at a point now where, you know, AAA titles on a phone aren't necessarily that out of the ordinary. But the fact, though, that a game that came out like Resident Evil 4 Remake has only been out for several months. Resident Mm -hmm. Evil Village has been out, I think, for what, about two years now? And Death Stranding out for about four. That they're all very beefy games. and They're coming over to a phone, like, natively? Yeah. Yeah, What's your take on that? Uh... Resident Evil Village, um, well, no, I guess, shoot, all three of them, uh, for uh, Village and and Death Stranding, it's just, it's mind-boggling, and the fact that they'll have ray tracing on on that small screen, totally nonsensical, totally, I I feel like is going to ruin the actual video quality and potentially frame rate, but it's really cool that they're putting them on there. I personally don't see too many people playing a game like Death Stranding on the go on their iPhone just because it is a time-consuming game. And some of the videos are just as long as they are on Metal Gear Solid 4. So it, part of me like questions where you know where their thought process is on on getting these particular games, you know, up in incompatibility with the iPhone, but to the same effect, I I don't know. It, it 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 could be really cool um if it works. Yeah, especially if it does work. I mean, I think what I'm more interested in finding out is cost on these games because these games right now are still selling for fifty to sixty dollars in some places. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much like Death Stranding, for example. I'm sure Village has had a, a price cut in some places, but a brand new AAA title like Assassin's Creed mirage that's gonna be like a 60 dollar title like how many people are gonna pay 60 bucks for a game on their phone like that when well, there are other ways and, to probably play it and who's to say that um they won't be full price games simply because you know they're just launching the games onto the um apple store so it, you know this will be the first time you'll have the opportunity to play Resident Evil Village or Death Stranding, Resident Evil 4, or the up-and-coming Assassin's Creed Mirage. However, you're also going to pay the premium price for even games that are, you know, two, three years old because they're new to the the hardware. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons why it's like, you know, where I kind of look at the success part here, though, is like, you know, like I mentioned, it's like, could be getting these games on phones? Well, I guess the other thing you can look at, though, is the success of things like the Steam Deck, for example, or uh, the Asus ROG Ally. Um, and then, of course, we've got Lenovo's upcoming Legion Go. Those devices themselves are built for doing things like this. And right. by Apple positioning it where it's like, now you can just make it one device instead of having your phone in your pocket and bringing something along like the Steam Deck, for example, you can now do stuff like this here too. But 
the key thing that or God, I keep on going back to Nintendo. Dang it, I can't get Nintendo out of my head. But the one <laughs> key thing that Apple needs to realize, though, is that unless they open up their ecosystem to allow more of these titles, or there can be some sort of multi entitlement scenario where games from other platforms can be allowed on here, they're going to be in a very strange spot. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. That night, I, I just like I. I keep wanting to go back to who are they targeting with this, but then again, you know, the the majority of the of gamers in the world are actually currently mobile gamers, um, and uh, granted, a large part of that has to do with you know countries like China, where uh, everyone has a cell phone. Not everyone can necessarily afford a console, so they play what's available to them. You know, and I mean, that's the big part. Yeah, the the fact that with, with the new iPhones coming out, you look at the prices, yeah, they still are over $1,000 for the phone. But when you price per c- comparison to, you know, a Samsung, to one of the Asus phones, to even some of the, the Chinese phones that are really, really cool that are gaming phones or, you know, uh, high refresh rate focused it's still one of the most affordable phones on the market. Very true. That is very true. Yeah, and that that's for the pro version. I was I was looking at at the hardware and I was thinking, "Oh, you know, $1200, $1100 for, you know, an iPhone at this point, that's actually not that bad when, you know, I'm I'm paying for, you know, my when I I think of when I bought my Note Ultra it whatever the last gen was for the the note versions um it's like 3 years old i think at this point but when i bought it it was like over $1600 before tax yeah and you look at say like the fold as well too for example and you're like oh that would be cool that would definitely be positioned That's as a good mobile like gaming system $1600 but, you know every yeah. every one that they come out with is over $1600 for the fold and the flip is coming down in price but it still doesn't even compare in price for what you get hardware wise to the Apple. And exactly. especially now with the, the, the support of full version current gen games. Yeah, exactly. But that's why it's gonna be interesting to see because uh the fifteen pro or the, the fifteen series of phones come out on the twenty fifth. They're in pre order right now, but they come out on the twenty fifth and I guess we'll see exactly like what the sales numbers look like when these games, like like when the phones release and like who's actually buying these games, you know, like is Apple actually going to be like making like, I guess it depends like what we'd consider a small dent in anything, or if this is just going to be more of a, uh, a try and see type of approach for them to see how things actually get handled for this, this new phone. Well, and I, I, I think that's, that's just it. It's going to be a try and see, and not only will it be a try and see, but this is like dipping your toes into the water to see if it's going to work on the phone, to work on the tablet, to work on casting to, say, your Apple TV, and then all of a sudden you're hosting AAA titles that are current gen from your iDevice to your Apple TV. Yeah, exactly. That's so then, in a sense, you can compete with Game Pass. Yeah, you almost could. You yeah. very well could. Um, Yeah. So these phones, of course, again, drop on the 25th. And, of course, those games, I would imagine, will probably be available 
sometime around then. Maybe not Mirage directly, but at least those other ones will be probably available pretty quick. So we'll be on the lookout to see what reviewers say about how they feel on, on a mobile device, and we'll let you know how things come out. Heck but yeah. In the meantime, we move on to our last main story of the week. And of course, we talked about Nintendo Direct, but we can't go ahead and skip PlayStation's state of play from uh, the, uh, I believe it was also the 14th as well that they did it. I believe it was the same day, just in the afternoon. So kind of run through some of these here, because I think a lot of these had already been talked about anyway, uh, like to death, like nothing necessarily like crazy new, but go through some of these here. So yeah, and I think this list is actually in semi backwards order. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things we got here. We got Final Fantasy VII Rebirth release date. Again, this TLDR comes to us from Polygon. Uh, so Final Fantasy VII Remake's uh, upcoming second title, Rebirth, is going to be dropping on February 29th, 2024. And it will be a two-disc game. It will not be just the single one, uh, but it's going to be dropping. And of course, um, they are offering a collection that comes with both. I believe it's the first game and with the the with Rebirth here as well. Um, of course, it goes all the way up through like collector's editions as well. If you really want to go buy the collector's editions, comes with a uh, Kyle. You know, hold your breath on this one, but a Sephiroth mm-hmm. statue for three hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, what? Um, yeah, along with I think some other things there too. Sign me up. I know, right? Um, (laughs) We got a lot more detail and look at Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Of course, that's going to be coming out here, I believe, sometime this next year. Um, But with that dropping, they did show more detail in New York City as well. And of course, it was a lot of... uh, There was a lot of talk there from Insomniac Games on it. So it wasn't just like a trailer, but it was a lot more gameplay stuff. And they were talking about how they were leveraging the technology of the PlayStation 5 even more so this time around for uh, a lot of the things they were doing in there, especially like they were showing how quick fast travel was from the different areas, like whether you are uh, jumping from just one place to another or jumping between Miles and Peter and just showing how seamless that transition was in game. And it was it wasn't too bad. Um, I've seen some comparisons that it's pretty on par with the way that um, it works between, say, like Forza, for example, like between Forza Horizon, like with Forza Horizon 5 and how you jump from one place to another through fast travel. It's roughly about the same time. And you think about how busy Spider-Man 2 is going to be, even though it's a smaller map, it's got a lot going on in it. And so I would expect, you know, nothing different. So that's pretty cool. Um, We did get news on the uh, DLC for Resident Evil 4 Remake uh, for Separate Ways is actually going to be coming out. And uh, that's going to be dropping on the 21st of this month. So you've only got, uh, what is that? You've got literally five days from recording here until that comes out. Yeah, and of course, with the update, uh, they will be releasing Mercenaries mode uh, finally. So you'll be able to take on hordes of zombies in mercenaries mode um and they also announced the vr mode uh with support for playstation vr 2 uh coming sometime this winter yeah so it'll probably be a good holiday release like one of those things i bet you they'll bundle in for like christmas um, oh, I you know it's like it. buy the psvr 2 get resident evil 4 remake vr for you know whatever so that's probably on its way as well it's gonna be nice uh, new trailer, of course, for 
I, you have to correct me on this one because I can't remember if it's Tales of Arise or Tales of Arise or something like that. Arise, yeah. Tales Is it Arise? Of Arise. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tales of Arise Beyond the Dawn, a uh, brand new trailer. It's getting an expansion. Uh, Beyond the Dawn will be dropping on November 9th. So we're only a couple months away from that one for fans of Tales of Arise. Um, we got to see more info about Helldivers 2, a uh, lot more gameplay more than anything. Uh, they were showing down a. They were showing off a uh, battle with a beast called the Bile Titan, and that was pretty chaotic, so to speak. Uh, yeah, very if you can busy bear the uh, gimmicky uh, co-op. I I don't know uh, chat chatter um, that they had in the video that was very cringeworthy. Um, but the game itself looks really cool. And if I'm not mistaken, this is a little bit different from the original Hell- Helldivers. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, next one, of course, we've got Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. This game's been talked about for years, but it's really close to coming out. It should be coming out this next year. And I believe it will be a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Uh, but this title itself is um, its basically a... Uh, you're taking the place of a Navi who was actually uh, taken in and raised by the RDA, who's the 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 company or the the defense contractor in that who's actually on Pandora. And it looks like at some point in time you're able to escape from them and you're able to return to the Navi. They accept you in, they get you reacclimated to being a part of them, and you're battling against the RDA and that mercenary military force in there. So Game looks good. Game looks just exactly like you'd expect it to for, you know, not only being Avatar, but also being on a PlayStation. So it looks pretty good. And that's going to drop, of course, this next year. Um, We did, of course, Kyle, if you get the chance to watch the trailer here after we're done, like you've got to watch the trailer for Baby Steps. This one here. Um, Like, I'm not going to go into exactly what it is. Better than the first one. uh, Yes, 100% better. Like there were a couple things that like just happened in there, and there's more there's more dialogue in this one. You meet like another side character who has to introduce you to like a new mechanic, and just the dialogue between those two is beautiful. So I'm very excited for this game to come out this next year. It's being dropped by your favorite Devolver Digital. Yes. And yeah, I'm very excited to see this one. So yeah, next year this one will be dropping. Um, we did also see that uh, Honkai Star Rail. Of course, we were just talking about them with the Unity stuff uh, uh, from... Oh, it's Hoyoverse, excuse me. Yeah, uh, not Pocoyo, but uh, Hoyoverse. They're going to be dropping um, Honkai Star Rail on the PlayStation 5 on October 11th. So you're already, of course, able to play it on your phone and on PC, but now you'll be able to play it on console, specifically PlayStation 5, next month. Um, Of course... Yeah, of course, if you are a fan of Splatoon, but you don't own a Nintendo Switch, you can also go and play uh, in the open beta on PlayStation 5 for Foam Stars. So that open beta is going to be dropping on the 29th and will take place from the 29th to the 1st. So if you're curious about this competitor to Splatoon 3 or the rest of the Splatoon series and you want a PlayStation 5, there you go. Nice. And, of course, the last thing here, because it's taken Sony a while longer to actually start doing more of this, uh, they have announced new uh, PlayStation 5 shells and controllers in what they're calling the Deep Earth Collection. 
So we're going to be getting Volcanic Red, Cobalt Blue, and Sterling Silver for controllers and sh uh, matching shells uh, for the for the PlayStation 5 coming up sometime here soon. I don't think they dropped an actual release date on when those are going to be coming out. I don't believe so. The, the one thing that boggles me, though, is, you know, with all the rumors of the fact that we there there's potentially going to be a new, newer PlayStation just base unit um, that you can either get with a disc or without a disc. And if you buy it without the disc uh, drive, you can purchase it later on. Um, so how are these shells going to be compatible why are they releasing more colors? Is this some sort of gimmick or, you know, I, it just, it raises some questions or, you know, if they're even going to, you know, do that console that was rumored in the wind and, you know, they're just going to write out what, what they currently have. As far as I'm aware, at least based on what's leaked out so far, it looks like the shells that we're seeing Sony put out right now for the PlayStation 5, and that even includes the upcoming uh, Spider-Man 2 shell, it looks like they will still work with whatever this next version is going to be. It seems like whatever they're doing with the next release of the PlayStation 5 hardware-wise, it looks like those shells are going to be compatible because, and I'll fully admit this, is that if Sony elects to offer this customizability to these to the existing PlayStation 5 and it doesn't transfer over to the next hardware release for the 5, that's a shot in the foot. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, so I, I would assume as much, I, at least based on what I've seen but, in the designs and that. I mean, they, they did sell, uh, what was it, for the original Xbox 360, they were selling new versions of the uh, faceplates up until literally the, the, the next console came out for the 360, and it wasn't compatible with any of the faceplates. Granted, mm. there is a major price difference there because I think the most uh, a faceplate was, unless you got some like ultra rare or like licensed third party one that was super expensive, they were about nineteen dollars. Right. Yeah, nineteen to twenty five. I think for some of the ones that were like game specific or came out uh, for a certain game, so it. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe they are just launching more co colors and it's wait and see, but I don't know. It, it just, it's confusing to me and who knows? Oh, maybe the disk drive will, will just be able to pop out of the new system and maybe they'll, they'll have, you know, just two different plates you can buy and you'll be able to just buy another set of plates. If you decide to attach the disk drive and it, it'll just attach underneath the plate. It's very possible, but yeah. at least until that time, you know, we just wait and see. Yep. Yep. All right. So that is it for the main stories for this week. Of course, quite a bit to talk about there with the PlayStation Direct and the Nintendo uh, or PlayStation State of Play and the Nintendo Direct. I keep mixing things up. I just need to go to go to bed. Um, but we move on to the last bit of news, which is the quest markers with Kyle. So, Kyle, what do we have in the quest markers this week? So, for our first quest marker of the week, Embracer Group may sell Gearbox? Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, Embracer Group that has been on their acquisition spree over the last couple years, buying up uh, developers such as Crystal Dynamics and 
of course, Gearbox, um, has recently gone through a restructuring. And, of course, uh, just a few weeks ago, actually closed uh, Volition Games, major publisher of, of games like Descent Free Space um, and many other titles. Saints Row. Um, Saints Row. Uh, been around for 30 years, so kind of an odd one. But now they're looking to actually sell Gearbox, which when they purchased, uh, the company was valued at $1.4 billion. Uh, and that was before the Borderlands Tiny Tina spinoff. Um, of course, uh, recently they, they did publish the Remnant 2 uh, game. But um, from what I understand, uh, marketing materials are already available if you're looking to purchase the, the company. Um, however, there is the possibility that Gearbox could actually purchase themselves. So that, that is another rumor in the wind. But one one of those things, it'll, it'll be a wait and see. Um, as, as of yet, there's no talks of, of anyone purchasing Gearbox right at the moment. So keep your ear to the ground, people. And in our second uh, quest marker for this evening... Microsoft and Barclays are launching an Xbox credit card. So the Xbox credit card will be a MasterCard. Of course, uh, will actually give you uh, five times points on qualifying purchases with Microsoft with the Microsoft Store and three times uh, points across eligible dining and delivery services such as Grubhub. DoorDash or streaming services like Netflix and Disney Plus. However, um, the uh, it looks like the uh, customers who do sign up for the card will receive five thousand points um, after um, their first purchase, which is a basically a three month Xbox Game Pass Ultimate membership. Uh, the caveat is. The interest rate is 20.99 to 31.99%. Ouch. Yeah. So that is definitely not one you want to rack up a bunch of debt on, or if nothing else, pay it off every month if you so desire this card. Um, but as with most cards, I mean, you're, you're earning points. They are just points. That, that initial bonus is going to be nice, but... Most people have credit cards for years and years before they can rack up enough points to, to get something that's, you know, totally worthwhile or, you know, rack up enough of the, uh, what is it, cash back value to, to even use on a vacation. So I, I feel like that's one thing that Barclays may lean on with the Xbox thing. But we'll see with that high interest rate how many people actually sign up for the card. And in our last quest marker for this evening, Xbox has begun to share their, well, they sh have shared their entire Game Pass core game list. Um, so the core game list or the core game pass is what will actually be replacing Xbox Gold. Um, of course, they are making many of their titles free to play uh, through the, the pass, but it does include some, some of the major titles you've probably heard of in the last years or last few years such as Among Us, Celeste, Dead Cells, 
Doom Eternal, uh, Fable Anniversary, Fallout 4, and Fallout 76, Firewatch, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Halo 5, Halo Wars 2, and even some like third-party games such as Inside, Limbo, um, Psychonauts 2, Slay the Spire, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Um, and of course, I have to mention it because it's one of my favorites, Vampire Survivors. Let's go. Yeah. So, um, if, if you haven't had a chance to check out the list, um, it is available and up um, if you're just transferring over um, from the gold membership. Um, and you should actually be able to see the full list of 36 games already. Um, I, I think they were actually made available on the 14th, if I'm not mistaken. But that is it for the quest markers for this evening. And because that is it for the quest markers, that is it for the weekly news roundup for the week of September 16th, 2023. So thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to the news roundup. Of course, if you like what you're listening to, be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. We are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. We are probably on it. However, if you're not sure if your favorite platform is supported, be sure to go check us out on our homepage at anchor.fm slash nbc slash podcast and take a look there at all the different platforms we are supported on. With that, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We will catch you all next week. Laters.